the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. I am so excited about my guest today on Soup with Coop. Probably one of the greatest offensive linemen ever to play football. An SEC legend, a future Hall of Famer in college, a future Hall of Famer in the pros, Alan Fanica. Welcome to Soup with Coop, my friend. Thanks for having me. What kind of soup are you having today? I believe we're having a Mediterranean wedding soup. And, and what's the, do you have a, taste it, see how, how is it, how is it? Well, I snuck one earlier and it was pretty good. Now, are you a soup eater, Alan? Are you a, how many times a week do you think you have soup? <laughs> Probably zero. Uh, but, you know, in a month, a couple times, sure, why not, you know? Now, it's easy to see. When I think of Alan Fanica, you think of a six, five and a half, 315 pound, you know, probably usually a beard. I even I didn't shave a couple of days ago. I thought maybe you might have a beard. I've seen some pictures of you always a little scruffy. This took me six weeks, so I know. I shaved just for you. I'm very masculine. Um, but, you know, clearly you were, uh, you're on a different, you're on a different diet than you were back in the, uh, in the 90s, to say the least. To say the least. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, when I, when I was playing at some point, I have no idea uh, when it was. I wish I knew. But uh, I just said, you know what, man, when I'm done playing, I'm going to give it a shot. I probably don't need to be 325 the rest of my life, uh, at, you know, at 44 years old, just uh, living life. So uh, I said, when I'm done, I'm going to give it a shot. And I said it long enough. As soon as I decided I was uh, pretty close to retiring, I just kicked it into gear and started doing it. And uh, it stuck so far. So why did you go with the wedding soup today? I'm just, I'm just, I noticed it's very healthy. There's kale in it. There's orzo. Those are probably things that, that were served a lot at the cafeteria back in Baton Rouge when you were trying to put on weight. A lot of orzo rolling around. Um, exactly, exactly. Death Valley. You know, uh, you know, it just it seemed like the most appeasing thing that was in the pantry at the moment. And, um, you know, uh, if I'd had a little bit more time, I, I might have made a gumbo. That would have been nice. And speaking of gumbo, you're a New Orleans. You're born in New Orleans. You're you're a New Orleanian, for sure. And how long were you here? I know, you know, I know you did some time at John Curtis, but uh, did some Texas time too. How long were you here in the Crescent City? Born and raised, uh, and then uh, between eighth and ninth grade, moved to uh, moved to just outside of Houston. Uh, to uh, Richmond, Texas, and uh, went to high school there for four years, came back to uh, Louisiana to go to LSU, and uh, basically that was our off-season home for most of my career until I retired, and uh, we're not there now, but, uh, you know, we were there for a couple of years after retirement. Alan, I want to remind our viewers what a great player you were. You, uh, first things first, it's my favorite stat, and you got a litany of great accomplishments, but you played in 206, there were 206 games and you started 201. That's answering the bell and probably the most violent spot in NFL football. What's the secret, do you think, your longevity and being able to answer the bell every day? First thing is lucky, man. You got to be lucky, right? I mean, just the, the littlest thing can happen uh, and, and you're done, right? I mean, uh, you can miss a game or miss a season. Um, 
you know. Second thing, never stand around the pile. <laughs> the play is not over with. Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> Keep on moving. Uh, the third thing is take care of your body, man. I was I was a big proponent of, uh, uh, you know, chiropractor, massage, you know, guru. Uh, you know, they don't have a classification, but they can do something, man. Body work. Uh, I was in for it all, man. I did it uh, multiple times all week long, and I think that's a big part of it. Alan, considering what are you weighing right now? What do you weigh right now? 230. 230. And the, and the most you weighed playing was what? About 320, 325. So do you think, if you just weren't a football player, what do you think your weight would be if you were just an accountant from, a, you know, Schenectady? So I've never been this size in my life. Never. I've never been. And so uh, I probably would not be this size. Um, but, uh, you know, I probably would have been somewhere near what I was. Uh, uh, you know, I was always the big kid, you know. Uh, uh, it became a little harder to uh, maintain the weight, you know, because you go through college and whatnot. You start learning, oh, I don't need to go to McDonald's. And you start eating a little more grilled chicken. And so you got to eat more to maintain the weight. And uh, so just kind of that's the progression, I guess. There's been a little bit of a trend lately for offensive linemen who are really big guys all of a sudden retire and then start to really, you know, like Jeff Saturday's walking around and he thinks he's like, you know, Eric Estrada from Chips. That's probably yeah. Saturday right there coming to tell me to, this interview is <laughs> yes, really, this interview is yeah. over. But do you think you're part of the kind of the leader of the pack in these linemen kind of starting to, as opposed to going to 400 and 450 and blowing up? I like to think I started it. I, I don't know if I am or not, but, uh, you know, it, de it definitely did seem to uh, to hit really quick, man. It was, uh, uh, you know, you definitely see a, a lot of guys, uh, Burke and, and, and other guys. And, uh, you know, hey, we always said, you know, you're in the huddle gooping off in between uh, commercial breaks and stuff. And, uh, you know, hey, at the, at, the, at the reunion, the offensive linemen are the only ones that have a chance of looking better. We gain weight, we still look the same, right? All the skinny guys, the running backs and the receivers, they got to work. They got to work their tail off to maintain looking that good. And chances are they're probably all going to put on at least 20 or 30. So uh, we got the best chance of looking better than we are at that point. Let's talk about some of your former teammates, Alan. Let's talk about Jerome Bettis. Um, he oftentimes was kind of looked at as like a lineman with a ball. What was he like to play with? Jerome was great, man. He was, uh, you know, he was one of the guys, you know, he wasn't going to dance around you too much uh, as a running back. And, uh, you know, he was going to, he was going to hit you and, and run over you and fall forward for a couple more yards. As an offensive lineman, that's out there grinding it. When you see a guy that's running the ball and he's playing the game, just like you're doing it, you know, you can't help but just fight for that guy and uh, give it your all and play hard, man. But it, it was fun playing with Jerome, man. He was fun, funny guy, great player great teammate and uh, man he was just able to do some amazing things uh, out there and at, at a you know bigger than uh, bigger than the rest of the running backs and uh, still able to be out there and have some uh, some sweet feet and uh, uh, do some good things you know we we talked to Herschel Walker on Super Coop and he was talking about how he would have been nothing if it wasn't for his line and his offensive line he was really kind of angry that during his time at Georgia he never had an offensive lineman make All-American. You seldom find a, a Hall of Fame running back without some serious Hall of Fame quality guys up front. And uh, I know Jerome's a guy that like to spread the attention. Was it, was it frustrating ever for you as a lineman not getting the, the attention that you deserve, even though the, you know, the team's winning and, and 
yards are being rushed for and it's and Ben's being protected, but the O line doesn't ever get, you know, front page material, so to speak. I think you might be fine. Uh, you might be hard pressed to find a lineman that uh, says that's uh, true, man. Cause it's, it's like in our DNA at some point in high school, our DNA just clicks, man. And it doesn't matter anymore. You know, you go out there, you do your thing. And, you know, generally O-line starts getting attention after, you know, Hey, like it's, you know, uh, take the Steelers, right? Oh, wait, the O-line's good now. Hold on. <laughs> let's start talking about those guys. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing it all along and they don't care. And I don't come, don't come to my locker today for the interview, right? Like I'm good. Don't come today for, for most offensive linemen. It's, it's all about, it's, it's, it's a group thing. And, and you know what, man, we accept the blame. I think generally most, most guys, you know, accept the blame and, you know, that, that was my fault. That was my sack. That wasn't uh, the QB's fault. And, uh, you know, try and try and own up to it as a, as a group. And then in your days, Alan, do you, who do you remember going up against that was particularly like you didn't look, you didn't sleep very well on Saturday night knowing you got to block this guy? Uh, so I, I always preface this, this answer with uh, I, I don't I don't like to give him credit uh, just because we had some <laughs> really good battles. And uh, he'd probably get a kick out of knowing that if you ever heard me say that. Uh, but uh, Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp, man, he. Uh, Everything we do about playing offensive line is uh, is about ritual and uh, uh, being repetitive. Do the same thing, right? Become become excellent at, at your task, at what you do, and just be able to keep doing it and keep doing it. And go through the same routine. Uh, a lot of it is right, but uh, when you came up against uh, Warren, that you're playing the Bucks on Sunday, and all of a sudden it's uh, Wednesday in your practice, you can't go about your normal business because he's gonna make you look silly on Sunday. So uh, you know, I always pulled my my scout team guy aside and was like, "Look, man, you're gonna have to earn your money this week. We got to work. I need you to do this. I don't care about what you're working on. I need you to do this. I need you to uh, line up a little bit off sides because you're too slow, uh, and it's gonna be a work week. And that's generally." Um, uh, you know, it was a hard week of work that you're ready to prepare for him. And he, he made you do that just because he played the position so different. And then in practice, I guess you get, you went against James Harris, James Harrison a little bit. Certainly. I mean, I saw the other day, he was like bench pressing 525 pounds at the age of, you know, 40 something, no yeah. spotter. He needs to stop. He, he's a, he's a scary, scary human being to me. I'm just, generally frightened of him yeah what was what was he like as a teammate oh man you know uh when he first got there you know a lot of guys didn't know how to take him a little bit and uh uh then he uh you know started rubbing off on guys you know he's got a little different demeanor about himself but uh it's a great guy man the, the one of the best uh you know everybody loves to talk about james and his strength and uh uh one of the best uh sequences of it that i've ever seen was uh we're in cleveland and one of these guys runs down on the field and he's running laps around the field and uh, avoiding the, uh, the police and security. And uh, he comes just close enough to the sideline and uh, James takes two quick steps out and grabs him by like his waist and his shirt and literally picks him up and body slams him all in like one smooth motion. And my man was, you know, he was evading the police, but he really shouldn't have been. You know, I mean, he was definitely north of 230 in like a five foot eight frame. And uh, he just, I mean, he just snatched him and threw him to the ground. Like it was no effort. Like he was just picking up a five pound thing of potatoes at Whole Foods. Hey, golf fans, this weekend FanDuel was hooking new users up with an 
instant bonus up to $500 when you make your first fantasy deposit. Just sign up to unlock your deposit bonus. Then use that bonus to play in this weekend's $500,000 PGA Eagle contest where first place takes home $100,000 in cash. I love playing fantasy golf on FanDuel. Easy to play. Pick six of your favorite golfers for your lineup. Only one lineup needed for an entire weekend of action. Easy scoring. Get points for birdies, eagles, etc. And fast payouts. Get paid in as little as 24 hours. But most of all, I love the variety of contests you can enter. Big major contests, but also daily snake draft contests for daily action, final round contests, and many, many more. The field is loaded for this weekend's major championship, which makes for some exciting fantasy golf. So get in on the action and download the FanDuel Fantasy app today and sign up to unlock your instant deposit bonus up to $500. Disclaimer, age and location restrictions apply. So, you're a sports fan. That's why you're listening, baby. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. And I'm all over it like Revis Island. I'm literally 196 and 145. I'm batting 57% over 300 bets on this app. I have nothing but great things to say about it. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Cowherd, compare odds from different sports books, and track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So... If the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. I wonder, you think, and I know you've run a marathon. Do you see James ever running a marathon? No, no, James not <laughs> running a marathon. Not unless he can like drag like a, a medicine ball or a dumbbell behind him the whole way. I The idea that you ran a marathon is pretty amazing. I mean, on my list of things I don't want to do besides eat more Mediterranean soup, is getting a fist fight with James Harrison and run a marathon. Um, was that one of the harder things you ever had to do? You know, it was fun. It was, um, I was only going to run a half marathon. I was like, yeah, my wife had just run a half marathon in uh, Las Vegas and I went and she would try and get me to run. And I was like, man, I'm done. I just, we, I just retired. And I was like, I was like, no, I've did everything. I've done all my running. I'm done with my running days. Uh, and then near the end, she kind of got me going on some of her shorter runs with her. And I, I kind of liked it. And then uh, so I kept it up with her afterwards. And, um, you know, one there was one week she she wasn't feeling well and didn't go. And I went up on my by myself and I just took a left instead of a right. And I had to go all the way around City Park in New Orleans instead of like cutting through halfway. And I was like and it was a, it was a beast and, and it was a little competitive. And I was like, all right. I like this. I, I got into it. But uh, so I was going to run the half and I go up to Pittsburgh to catch a game and then uh, down on the sideline talking with the training staff. And uh, a lot of those guys ran and did triathlons and stuff. So, hey, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm training to run a half marathon. And they're like, really? They're all pumped and excited. And 
they go, uh, you know, well, how far was your long run? And I said, well, actually, I ran, I think it was eight or nine miles, like two or three days before. And they were like, oh, you got this. Oh, it's going to be easy. You're going to have a blast. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in my mind. I never told them this, but I'm like, you're calling me out. Like, I'm supposed to be doing more than that. I wasn't looking for something easy. So I immediately went home and started running for training for the full. But uh, those last like uh, four or five miles of it were definitely, um, you got to go to a different place. It's not a happy yeah. place, <laughs> but it's definitely just a leave me alone. Uh uh, place I was uh, I was running and so I had a, a, a buddy that could easily run uh, was running with me that helped me train and so the last couple of months was like all right we're gonna run from like water station to water station and then you can like walk through the water station but then you got to go again that was like my, my little breather it's like all right cool that's good so we're doing that like mile like 20 21 22 Ooh. then all of a sudden we hit like this little homemade stand like these people brought out like a pop-up stand Right. And they're like serving, there's like beer and shots on one side. And then there's like water and bananas on the other side. And uh, I stopped. I was like, man, this is an official water stand to me right now. I'm going to walk <laughs> like eight feet of this table. <laughs> and uh, he, he like hit, a, he hit, he hit the brakes and turned around. I was like, man, this one counts. Yeah. I mean, and what did you wear? I, I've heard that you've run so much. You have to put like tape on your nipples. Otherwise they start bleeding. Cause that's, I'm wearing them right now just cause mine bleed normally, <laughs> but I didn't know if that was what part of the deal for a marathon. You know, a lot of people it is. I, I, I did not uh, have that <laughs> issue uh, luckily, but uh, definitely I have, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. And it's not a good look when you got like the uh, white running shirt on. In the spirit of soup and wedding, you know, wedding soup, wedding. Um, did you serve soup at your wedding? You remember? Um, I don't think there was soup at the wedding. Who was your best man at the wedding? I actually had three of them. I had like three best buddies and uh, uh, it was uh, Matt Lee and Rusty. And then the, so they all stood in the line and then, you know, the guy furthest away passed the ring and they got it up to me. Would you say you had a Mediterranean wedding? <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, it was not one thing Mediterranean. I don't, even, I don't know if we invited any Mediterranean people. I, there was zero Mediterranean happening at our wedding. You're getting back at them right now. All the Mediterranean people that you dissed from the wedding are now loving Alan Fanica. And uh, did it go as planned? Did it, all weddings, you know, are a disaster at the end of the day. Did you have any, any some, a few hiccups? Oh yeah, we did have a hiccup. So, uh, so we're in the back room in the church and, uh, you know, ready to go out there. One of this uh, lady that's uh, kind of the church's, uh, facilitator wedding manager event you know right. he comes running into the room i'm like literally like walking to the door to walk out and uh as she comes running in the door she burst open she goes whatever you do don't kneel down on the altar the little altar we got married in a catholic church they put the little altar up there she goes it just completely fell apart <laughs> telling 325 alan this and like don't don't lean on it, kneel on it, don't touch anything. So I'm up there, you know, I mean, it's not a short uh, ceremony and you're up there and don't lean on it. I can't lean on it. I'm, I'm sweating, I'm a sweater anyway, man. And so you're like, you're up there. The last thing you want to do is just for this thing to just like shatter completely. And uh, you know, you're up there in front of everybody. I remember, Alan, the first time I ever met you, I don't know if you know this, remember this, but we met at the Playboy All-American team. Peyton somehow, 
I think my dad was like a 25th year anniversary. He was a Playboy All-American. So I got somehow, I was, you know, my dad's wingman, but out in Arizona, do you remember, do you remember that trip? I do remember that trip. I remember, I was like, how are they, how are we, how are we here? How are they allowed to pay for all this stuff? I was like, I don't know, man. Let's just have fun. Fast forward from the Playboy All-American team to Soup with Coop. You've come a long way, my friend. And after eating half a bowl of that, can you rank between one and a thousand? How's that Mediterranean wedding soup? I think I'm going to go about 875. 875, yeah. Not bad, not bad, you know. It's got a little pasta in it, a little meatballs. Meat, meat, meat is good. You know, I don't, I don't think you're getting meat in every soup. So I think that's why I'm going to go with, uh, with the high number. That's a pretty good score. Yeah, why not? Pretty good score. What about your soup? I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go 500, 50-50. Okay. All right. Well, Alan, I cannot thank you enough for uh, joining me on Soup with Coop. It is a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you finish more marathons, half marathons, triathlons. Um, you know, what, what are those things that dirty, what do those guys do? The, uh, the dirty, they, they run for like 96 hours and a, a, a no, dirty no. mutter. No, 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 I'm not in no, no, no way. <laughs> we'll stick with the soup. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. Good time, Coop. <laughs>